0: But Terry Rozier made a hell of a shot anyway.
1: Yeah, that was a good shot. Yeah, he was on fire. What was he like, eight for eleven that game from three? Oh, Something yeah. crazy. Good thing you, good thing you were watching the UFC that night. The... Yeah. So should we get into it? Yes, sir. I don't. I only have like two. That's okay. I, only I, t-
0: I literally told you that, and I got one offline. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to cite my sources. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's plagiarism.
0: Yeah, exactly. Come on, dog. Okay. All right. So,
1: um, basically, <laughs> I didn't come up with an intro. Basically, we're just doing fake trades today. Yes, sir, um, each of us came up with five. De-
0: except Kellen. What? Each of us came up with a five, except Kellen. Yeah, I, I came up with four.
1: Four. Yeah. Four. All right. I have three.
0: So the trade
1: deadline—it's still about a month away. March twenty-fifth is the day, I think, to be exact. But we're far <laughs> enough into the season to sort of know what the weaknesses of some of these teams are, what sort of players they'll be looking for at the trade deadline, as well as knowing which teams maybe might be looking to sell off a few other guys. And so, although we're still about a month out, I don't think it's too early to start thinking about some of these things. And so we each came up with, wait, 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 wait. wait. We're going to talk them through.
2: So you said fake trades. Were we thinking like fake, but like realistic trades? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I think I got the wrong message. I was writing up some blockbusters, bro.
0: <laughs> like what? I want to know one. I want to know
2: one. No, no. just keep going.
0: Dude, are just you on going. your phone right now? Because the quality looks so good.
2: I am on my phone.
0: I'm jealous. The quality... Is the audio quality bad? No, it sounds beautiful. It sounds better than your uh, car phone-in call with your AirPods <laughs> that one time. <laughs> that was so funny i cannot wait to hear a blockbuster that's gonna be fire i have a few blockbusters with well not blockbusters but i was thinking of a couple with kelly and maybe a draft pick
2: dude no i was just like literally guys like whoever i wanted putting them wherever i wanted like when you're saying fake like i was just like yeah no rules
0: (laughs) (laughs) you should have known Joan is a little bit more calculated than that
2: do you want to lead us off jam no i don't you go ahead
1: Okay, all right, I guess Talk I'll... to me about
0: the Warriors one, because who the hell is Thomas Sadaransky, bro? All right, so let's start with the Warriors. I, me and Kellen have both
1: documented the Warriors' shortcomings this year. And I think a, a lot of that has just come in the minutes when Draymond Green is off the floor. Because I think we all know for the Warriors' offense to be successful, like Stephen Curry needs to be hitting shots. And... Really, Stephen Curry, as wonderful as he is, he's not like this Damian Lillard figure where you can put the ball in his hands and he'll carry you to a top 15 offense. Like Here are some statistics from Curry's season this year. He's shooting 47% on three-pointers when Draymond is on the floor, only 32% on three-pointers when Draymond's off the floor. And he's shooting the same amount in each scenario. He's shooting 12 per 36 minutes with Dray on and 12 per 36 with Dray off. So a very big discrepancy there. And a lot of that is just because when Dre is off the court, more of Steph's shots are off the dribble. They're um, more difficult attempts. He really has to kind of take on the brunt of the playmaking by himself when Draymond's off the floor. Because as we know, Draymond, he's had a wonderful season playmaking for the Warriors, getting a ton of assists, really kind of yeah. being the fulcrum of that offense. So when, when Steph is out there with Draymond, the Warriors are scoring 117 points per 100 possessions, which is pretty good. It's shooting 58% effective field goal percentage, which is, again, above average. But when Steph is on the floor without Draymond, that drops to 111 points per 100 possessions and a 52% effective field goal percentage. And I think that just speaks to how deeply rooted these problems in Golden State are, that they can have one of... one of like arguably the most gifted offensive players of all time on their offense and that's still not enough to even be league average like I think the Warriors they're gonna need to make some changes at the deadline and I think a lot of that just comes with 48 minutes of competent playmaking like Brad Wanamaker I'm a big Brad Wanamaker fan Um, like I liked him in Boston but the difference between that Boston team and Golden State is Boston had guys like Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, like Marcus Smart, they could get playmaking from other positions. So to have a three and D point guard who maybe couldn't take control of the offense like that wasn't too big of a detriment to what they were trying to do. But um, at Golden State, they don't have that playmaking coming from other areas. So they really bump up into some issues there. And I think the answer for the Warriors is going to be Tomas Sedaransky from the Chicago Bulls. He's having... He's kind of an under the radar player, but he's having a wonderful season 50, 40, 90 efficiency for Tomas. So he can definitely wow. shoot. You're giving up Kelly Oubre in this trade, which I should probably should have led, led with that. You're giving up Kelly Oubre and Jordan Poole, and you're getting um, Tomas Zataransky and Luke Cornette. Luke Cornett is just to make the uh, math balance out there. Luke, he probably well, he definitely will not be factoring into the Golden State Wait, rotation. But- we giving
0: given up Poole or Lee? Cool. Okay. Because i I think on the picture you sent you, it has Damian Lee. Did I put Damian Lee? Yeah. Because I'm completely oh, okay with yeah, you're right.
1: sending Jordan, yeah, it's Jordan. It's Jordan Poole. Yeah. <laughs> um, Damian Lee, that would not be, that would not be as favorable for the Warriors. Or if yeah. they wanted to take Alan Somologist, like even better. <laughs> um, but Smiley you know, Baby can't be choosers Um. So anyway, yeah, back to Tomas Aarons. He's averaging seven points on 50, 40, 90 efficiency, only a 17% usage, which that's low for a point guard, but really you're asking him to play make and he certainly can do that. He's got a 30% assist percentage and a 3.23 assist to turnover ratio. Compare that to Draymond, 33% assist ratio, but 3.15 assist to turnover. So very, very similar numbers there. He's got a very high feel for the game. He's a very active cutter, which I think that'll play very well um, off of Draymond Green, off of Stephen Curry. Like this is something we talked about even preseason with the Warriors is that in order to make Steve Kerr's system work and in order to like play well with Stephen Curry and Draymond Green and kind of fit in that offense, like the Warriors, they want as many like smart, high feel players as they possibly can. And Sadoransky, he certainly fits that bill just a very smart cutter. He can shoot the ball. He just knows how to find space on the floor and I think the reason you're concerned here about giving up Oubre is he's been more of a defensive presence he's starting at shooting guard in the absence of Klay Thompson and he's been taking on a lot of those difficult guard assignments when they played the Blazers for example he um, drew the matchup of Damian Lillard Sadoransky he's actually as tall as Kelly Oubre and he's a bit heavier he's six seven 210 pounds so he's certainly up to that challenge of guarding the other teams um like um shooting guards or even small forwards in some instances he's not the most amazing one-on-one defender but like as i said before he's just a super high iq high high field player he's um and every team he's ever been on like their defenses have been better when he's been on the floor and i don't think that's a coincidence because he's been in the league for five seasons and his team's defense is always better when he's playing which that's a big deal. And four out of the five teams he's been on their offense has been better when he's in the game as well. The one exception was in his rookie season and um 538's defensive raptor, box plus minus those all rate him as a positive defender as well. And so just a very solid two-way player who I think could fit in the warrior system and um and give him some playmaking, give him some shooting. I just, just think much, a much more natural fit than what Ubre gives them right now.
0: Yeah. I'm just a little salty you boys left me out of the loop with the NBA trade machine. Cause that would have made things a little bit more fun to do it instead of just coming off of the top of my head. Yeah, bro. Same
3: here, bro. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a very, Sorry. very
0: great
3: resource. It just has all the salary. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's it's freaking sweet. But okay, so uh, yeah, is I'm this about is, to make mine right now? Is the Thomas Saturancy things that could that be legit? Or is that just kind of like you just your NBA knowledge? You just came to that.
1: Yeah, it's not sourced at all. This is just yeah. kind of me thinking that that would be a good pickup for Golden State. Damn, yeah.
0: He's shooting 40% from beyond the arc this year? Low volume,
1: but yeah. Oh, okay, that's okay. But, I mean, he's he shot 40% three seasons in his career, so this is, like, by no means an aberration. He's just not a high – and all of them are assisted, too. It's not like he's pulling up or anything.
0: Wow. That's he sick.
1: very much is just sort of a play within the flow of the
0: offense kind of guy. Mm-hmm damn you guys came up looking at the group chat you guys came up with some saucy <laughs> trades i like it i like it a lot i like the one wait wesley did you do the one with the warriors and the magic
3: yes i did yeah
0: ah, yes yeah loving it do you want to just give your next one jonah or do you guys want to like go on a line maybe we like should Wes, go on wesley, the line. wesley wesley you want to give you you want to give your
1: wait, you, a you want to
0: like? You want to
1: react to the Warriors trade do you think that sounds like a good idea like would you do it
0: heck yeah but I don't
1: know anything does Cornette even play no no he's just like I said just to kind of make the salary work out
0: yeah okay it and would it players. would really it would really sting to lose Dealey yeah and no it's, it's gonna, gonna be mess- Jordan
1: Poole huh it's gonna be Jordan Poole I just I just messed it up in the oh okay stage. sick
0: yeah Jordan Poole okay yeah yeah I can I yeah can you get that. to keep Damien you don't want to mess with the Curry family dynamic there
1: no, absolutely
0: not. You have to keep Dealey in, in the bay. Um, Sick, yeah, I'm down for that. Because Kelly, I mean, but Kelly is turning it up a little bit from three. But, I mean, I'm down. All right, Wesley.
3: Okay, so um, I'll go with the uh, – so I'll start off with the Heat right now. So the Heat, as you guys know, they're they've been struggling – uh not living up to their expectations that they had before the season not living up to the their bubble run and i think a lot of it has to do with like a lot of teams are just locking in on like duncan robinson tyler hero these guys like aren't surprises anymore and now they're at the they're at the top of the game plan so opposing teams know exactly how to stop them so i think um in order to keep up with just the star power that the Nets have or, like, the Bucks with their three-headed monster, the Heat, I think, might have to make, like, a big-time move, like a big-time Hail Mary move uh, of getting Bradley Beal. Um, yeah, that trade would include Bradley Beal to the Heat for Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, Kelly Alinek, and two first-round picks
0: so oh, Kelly Olenek who cares but that's a lot of soft
3: yeah man. dude this
2: this is one Beal with the heat is one we talked about before dude that is I I think it would be sick
3: yeah I like it for the heat I think just getting uh, like a a great score and playmaker and beal would just be perfect alongside Jimmy and bam and yeah. it would give them a real shot to contend with like the nets and the
0: bucks yeah yeah it's what so what's up
3: I just wanted to hear your, your guys' reactions. No, I think that's dope, dude. Honestly,
2: I haven't watched a whole lot of Beals full games until um we just played them recently. I missed the first time the Blazers played them and I've just seen like highlights, but he is serious, bro. Like <laughs> I didn't realize how fast he was. Like, and he like floats through the air too, and he's so comfortable. I couldn't I was like, damn, bro, he's legit. Yeah, I think he would help the heat a lot.
1: And another reason I like his fit in Miami as well is because a lot of what the Heat do on offense just sort of involves like Bam out of bio in the post or kind of at the elbow and running that handoff game. And Beal, he's such like a natural mover off the ball, like making cuts, kind of getting open at the three-point line. I feel like he would um, have no trouble fitting into that sort of system. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I think also for the Wizards, um, it's like a – the start of their rebuild so this would signal mm-hmm. that like they're also gonna shop like russell westbrook even though that'll be tough to move yeah yeah, yeah that
1: job that might be a bit of wishful thinking trying to get off westbrook at this point that but okay. i i do like it because i think tyler hero like he's a that's a pretty good centerpiece in a package i think it's Just kind of gaming it out in my head like if the nuggets offered me michael porter jr and i'm tommy shepard i'm trying to decide is is that better than hero do you guys think
3: i think it is i I actually think it is yeah
1: because yeah um but who knows if that would even be on the table at such kind of a it's going to be very fascinating if that ever becomes a real thing because you're probably going to have philadelphia offering like ben simmons miami with tyler hero like the Nuggets, maybe with Michael Porter Jr. Like those are some very interesting offers. But I def if this w- if they decided to move on from Beal and this like was the only thing on the table. I mean, I think Washington would be happy, especially a lot of what the Heat have. Like Jimmy Butler, you don't know where he's going to be at in a few years. He's kind of
0: mm-hmm.
1: getting on the older side of things, and so those picks that are way out in the future, those could end up being valuable assets. I mean, the Heat they always kind of find a way to field a pretty competitive team. But theoretically, if some of their players trail off, those picks could be looking all right in the future. So I do think that it would make sense um, for Washington, just like kind of depending on what else was on the table, but in a vacuum.
0: Yeah, for sure. Dude, it's so weird seeing picks that far out, like 2024 and 2026. Did you just randomly pick that?
3: Yeah, yeah, I did. That's, sick.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. dope. Imagine where we're like, we're probably, yeah. That's crazy. That's a long ways away.
0: Yeah, I know. It's insane. Yeah, Shannon,
1: can we hear a blockbuster? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just, I just cooked it
2: up on this little trade machine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not as bad as my other two, but um, so here's what we got: the 76ers give up. Danny Green and Seth Curry, and in return, they receive Zach
1: Levine and Garrett Temple. Oh, uh, I like it. Why? Wait. Why? Why are the Bulls doing this? <laughs> 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 yeah, that's where. It gets, that's where. It gets, that's where it gets unrealistic.
2: Was that a success? It.
1: it was a success. Wow.
2: And well, the Sixers get the,
1: the success is only based off like whether the CBA mechanics work. Like it doesn't really have to do with whether like, logic. One, yeah, it doesn't really have to do with one team would accept it or deny it.
2: Yeah, the analysis um, is that the Sixers get ten wins better, but no, yeah, it really doesn't make any sense for the Bulls. Obviously, <laughs> um, I guess maybe like my argument would be that they're just gonna try to like use Danny Green and Seth Curry as like assets to maybe like get picks later on or something and rebuild around like,
1: Kobe white yeah I I like the I I like the fit of Levine on Philadelphia so I like I like where you are headed in that direction I just, just <laughs> I feel like if the Bulls <laughs> decided to move off of Zach Levine they could probably do much better than yeah you're not even sorry.
2: <laughs> you're not gonna like my other traits oh my God but, yeah, no, I think Levine would be dope in Philly. Um, yeah. I think that – I think that would make them tough. Um, um, I was just kind of wondering about – Levine's pretty ball dominant. We've talked about that mm-hmm. on podcasts in the past. But, um, I mean, I feel, like, I feel like it's a little more doable when your other most ball dominant player arguably is a center. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it could work.
1: Yeah, I I think, like, in Philadelphia, like, they've got a full, like – shelf of picks and so they could definitely send some stuff if they wanted zach levine like they could make it happen like i think yeah. the salary structure of what you did was perfectly sound if anything i think me i this is just off the top of my head i actually like what seth curry kind of brings to the 76ers like i would wonder about maybe taking him out and then putting in like a mike scott and tony bradley yeah and then yeah you could, i thought about that and then you could put in Tyrese Maxey because I think the Bulls would love to have Maxey and then maybe a pick or two. And then that's I'd
2: almost pick. like exactly my other scenario I had. And then I just put Seth in there.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I think that I like I like the idea of Levine on the Sixers quite a bit because as brilliant as um as Joel Embiid has been this season, I his playmaking, I don't think it's gotten too much better. Like his assist to turnover ratio, Zach Lowe talks about this all the time on his podcast. It's still as bad as it's ever been. And I think teams will still be able to double him in the playoffs and just kind of dare everybody except um, Seth Curry to shoot, which has kind of been the story for the Sixers the past several seasons. And so um, they've been better this season, but they still kind of have to prove it to me in the playoffs with this current roster construction. But I think if you add in Zach Levine, that's a totally different dynamic because Levine is yeah. really a guy who can go and get his own bucket like in the final few minutes of playoff games when you kind of need somebody who can score in isolation. And so I love the idea of Levine on the Sixers. And I mean, like I do think there is a path for them to get Levine. And so, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that would be dope. Dude, how do I work this thing? Do I, Where do I slide the player at? I'm trying to do it on my phone. I do, do, just click him. Just click him? Yeah, just tap on in the player. Oh, oh, and then you just literally press trade. Got it. Yeah. Okay, makes sense.
1: All right. Well, Callan's. Are are you? Have you gotten one yet, Callan?
0: well i'll we'll talk about uh just because i like this player so much and just because he's he looks kind of he looks sick and then uh, i just was texting it i was texting it to jonah yesterday because i run everything by jonah right so i was just like what if you trade like uber for josh hart or something like that and but then, then jonah's like it'd be way too expensive because then you'd have to probably give away like a first round draft pick right Is that what you're mm-hmm.
1: saying? well yeah um the thing i kind of got hung up on the reason that my gut impulse was just to tell you no right off the bat was <laughs> that these trades don't usually happen very often. The Warriors and the Pelicans are kind of locked in this battle, along with like the Spurs and um, oh, like the wet, you don't easily, want to help those teams out and stuff. Yeah, like they're all trying to get the eighth seed. And Got like it. those teams, they don't usually trade with each other very often. They don't kind of want to help each other. That makes sense. Um, but I do like the fit of heart on the the Warriors. Like he's a good passer and he can shoot kind of just a connector on offense and then he can definitely guard a lot of positions on defense. I think Ubre, what's Hart's salary? Probably like $4 million, and Ubre makes like $12 million. So the Pelicans would have to fill in a little bit of money there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, and it would be a homecoming for Kelly Ubre back to New Orleans, which… Oh, yeah. Um, That's actually – I didn't even think about that. I, I think New Orleans probably says no. You probably have to, like, throw in some picks and stuff. And then – Josh Hart, he's an expiring contract anyway, um, but I mean he is a restricted free agent, so there's still some team control there, but he's going to get a raise. Um, yeah, i I just don't really see that one happening pro- I mean, like the chances of any of these ones we talk about happening are slim, but I just think there are a few barriers to entry in that case.
0: Yeah, that's facts. Uh, do, can I just never mind we'll we'll go Ch- wait, do you want to give you another one of yours, Jonah? Sure, I'll give another one a line. How how do I get picks in
1: here? Uh, Just is there a thing that at the top that says picks?
0: Oh yeah, I'm literally (laughs) blind, dude. Um, That's okay. I don't think it's not very user friendly on the phone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'll just do my most boring one to get it out of the way. This one is between the Bucks and the Knicks. The Bucks get Austin Rivers. The Knicks get DJ Wilson, Sam Merrill. And a 2022 second round Milwaukee pick, and so the main reason for this number one is just to get the bucks out of the luxury tax. They're about um, a million and a half over the luxury tax, or I mean they're about five hundred thousand over the luxury tax. Sorry, and so um, shedding about five and a five and a half million dollars of salary in DJ Wilson and Sam Maryland just bringing back Austin Rivers, that brings them under the tax, which certainly will be a goal of theirs at the trade deadline. And they also get Austin Rivers, who's a guy who can help them because going into the season, we all kind of knew what the shortcoming of this Bucks team was just that when teams loaded up to stop Giannis, they didn't really have another source of half court creation. And so that kind of could cause their offense to bog down at times. And certainly drew holiday um, the trade they made for drew holiday was to solve that issue. And Chris Middleton to his credit has, improved dramatically as a pick and roll ball handler and Budenholzer give him credit as well his um he's evolved his offense quite a bit this year using Anthony Kumpo much more as like a traditional big man and allowing him to set screens and roll to the basket while Middleton and Holiday take on more of the uh ball handling duties but um you imagine coming off the bench in the playoffs um I didn't mention DJ Augustine but D.J. Augustine, I don't think he's going to be a guy who past the first round can give this Bucks team much help. Um, like, he's just kind of a, a small guard. He's going to get picked on defensively. Like, we see this every year that those small guards who are mostly there to help on offense just kind of – they get picked on. They get played um, out of the series. Like, even a guy like Kimball last year, um, obviously – with his offensive talent, you keep him on the floor, but he was had a massive target on his back when they were playing the heat and the uh, Raptors in the second two rounds of the playoffs. And so I just think having Austin rivers as sort of that replacement for DJ Augustine, a river is a much bigger, more physical player, um, maybe a little bit less skilled, definitely not the shooter that Augustine is, but I think they'll like just having that option to go to if that becomes less realistic. And again, (laughs) Like the main purpose of this trade is just to duck below the tax and the Knicks after Emmanuel quickly is kind of broken out as a late first round pick. And they made the trade for Derek Rose a couple weeks ago. Uh, Austin rivers has really kind of fallen out of the rotation. And so they'll have no problem moving on from him. I imagine that's going to be something that they try to do and getting a second round pick as well as DJ Wilson. Um, DJ Wilson has never really gotten his career off the ground in Milwaukee, but you know maybe new york can give him a little bit of run mitchell robinson who knows how long he'll continue to be out for maybe dj wilson can find some playing time there and so yeah
2: yeah that sounds dope um oh i like milwaukee. rivers for milwaukee
1: go ahead yeah one last thing this is kind of not as relevant but rivers contract has two more years after this but they're both non-guaranteed so milwaukee just gets that added layer of team control, which, I mean, that makes Rivers' contract pretty team-friendly. And so I think that's yeah. a good structure for a contending team to trade for as well.
3: Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, I like that for Milwaukee a lot because uh, they do, like, a lot of, like, five out. And so a lot of their guards, um, they need to be able to shoot and mm-hmm. put on the floor. So they have a lot of guys who can do that, like Drew Holiday, DiVincenzo augustine and i think yeah, rivers would be like a good depth piece for them
0: mm. okay
2: yeah i agree i could definitely see that all right yeah because
0: yeah dude the bucks need to do
2: something if they want to mess with
1: the nets and stuff
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah the nets the nets have been looking good lately they might yeah. be right they're okay
0: i think they're gonna be all right
2: Oh, dude, we've been knowing on this podcast that they were going to be all right. We've been saying that. Go back, watch the watch the podcast, watch, check the predictions. We've been knowing. Anyways, yeah. who's ready for another blockbuster?
0: I'm. I live. Can I say one? I. I, j- yeah, go I, ahead. J- I wait. No, never mind. Never mind. You go. You go. No, I'm just
2: kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just kidding.
0: No, I just got to get this one. So I made it. I made it my own. So I'm not completely plagiarizing.
2: Oh shoot! Hold up. Should I turn my phone sideways? Because I just realized you guys are all. Is that going to be better for the video?
0: Yeah, it's fine. It, it fine, doesn't yeah. matter either way. Yeah. Perfecto. Looks sick. Um, What I what I was going to say is you give Oubre to the Magic, and instead of giving a draft pick, you give him Alan Smiley. And then in return, you get Evan Fournier. Add a shooter to the Warriors. Let's go. Yeah. That's I, I like Evan Fournier a lot. He shredded the Warriors, and I was like, I'm a new fan. I'm a fan. Evan Fournier. Yeah, bro.
2: So I was going to tell you. I was going to text you when you were talking trash about the Blazers. I was going to text you. It's a good thing the Warriors can't match up with um, the Magic or the Hornets in the first round, bro.
0: <laughs> we literally... <laughs> that would be tough. Okay. Yeah. Fall all the way across Anyways. country. Still in, a, in the ball game. It's whatever. It's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot Eighters. of that trade... I think that's just going to come down to how much the uh magic like Kelly Oubre right? because, well, actually, yeah, I don't, I don't see this one really happening to be honest with because okay, it's success on
0: Trade Machine. Wow, well then I, I <laughs> yeah, dude, success. Then I guess <laughs> we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I was trying to throw right Mo here. Bamba in there, but it
1: said failure. I, I just feel like. <laughs> The, Kelly Oubre, he he's not gonna want to play for Orlando. He's gonna leave them in free agency. Al, Alan just he's kind of a nothing burger. I mean, if the Magic if the Magic want to move on from Fournier, there are gonna be picks available. Whether those are good multiple second round picks or maybe yeah, you even could first give instead pick.
0: of Smiley, you could do a second rounder.
1: Yeah, I just I don't know. Uh, if if there the, two things have to be true, I feel like one they need to like Kelly Oubre. And Kelly Oubre also needs to like them because Kelly Oubre, right, he's really kind of the main piece of this trade exactly, going to yeah. Orlando. And so if Kelly Oubre is just going to leave in free agency, I, I don't really see um, Orlando's side of this. I mean, what, what's Golden State's pick situation? Do they have their own pick this year? I forget what picks they gave to Memphis to get off of Andre Iguodala the other year, which... Um,
0: I don't know. I I was actually looking at that today and I I was looking at mock draft and it had us picking like mid midway, like 12 or something in the first round this year.
1: Okay. And you guys also have the Timberwolves pick, which I mean, obviously that's a very, how uh, does
0: that even work? I thought that was a higher draft pick that that's just, that
1: that one's top three protected, but obviously you wouldn't trade that for Fournier, And so, um, (laughs) yeah,
0: for sure. So the only thing that that would, that the Warriors would really do is maybe Lonzo. Well, I mean, that I, seems I, to be the only thing that they've like even came close to talking about.
1: Well, it's, it's very early in the trade. I, they the haven't trade been very at all. but it looks like the warriors do not have a first round pick this year. Oh, okay. their earliest tradable first round pick is 2022.
0: Wait, really? They don't have a first round pick. Then why did it, I looked at a mock draft and it had them like picking it like 12 or 13. Well,
1: I, I mean, it must've been wrong. Um, but, I,
0: I don't know it must have been like yeah, taking it doesn't the, look like a trade
1: actually no it looks like the earliest they can pick trade a pick is 26 um really according to this so yeah wow. or and, and then they can do pick swaps or second round picks and all that stuff but just to trade an unprotected yeah. first so yeah i mean do you really think fournier fournier he would help the warriors um he's wet but, Um, The guy I really wanted to trade to um, Golden State and then I bumped up against the same problem with like the Pelicans that they're just kind of competing against each other. So it's hard to see this happening, but it's Patty Mills. I feel like he would be awesome on the Warriors roster because we talked about JJ Redick having another shooter facing the floor. Well, Patty Mills can do that and then also give you all the playmaking that I liked about Tomas Sadoransky. And so I feel like that would be a cool one. Fournier, He's probably the best shooter of all the guys we've discussed for the Warriors, and yes, he he's got good size. Like he's big for a shooting guard, so he can defend his position pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I'd like him better than Oubre on the Warriors for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Channon, let's hear it, bro.
1: Okay, so before <laughs> I drop this
2: bomb, I want to <laughs> emphasize again. This is um, I made this with like thinking that this was completely just like fake. (laughs) Just like, what would you like to see as an NBA fan of one team? (laughs) Not of both teams, but um, so picture this, the Portland trailblazers give up Robert Covington, Derek Jones, Jr. Zach Collins and CJ Allenby. Holy buckets. In return for Jimmy Butler.
0: Ah,
3: oh. wow! We're championship favorites.
0: What has Jimmy Butler done this year? Uh, I'm not worried about that, bro.
1: He's been good when he's he's helped the Heat. He's been injured yeah. a of yeah. he's been fine when he's playing.
0: Dang! That's wait. So who who again? So obviously, there's no reason for
2: the Heat to want to do this, but Robert Covington, Derek Jones Jr., Zach Collins, and C.J. Ellaby
0: Didn't Derek just come from there? Yeah. <laughs>
2: But Damn, he's a great man. player. I would want him back.
0: Yeah. I mean, whatever. How old's is 33?
2: I don't know, but I think he would make us, like, so good. <laughs> like, we already are really good, but I think that if I was going to, like, choose a player, like, any player I wanted, he might – he would be near the top of the list.
0: Or he's 30. He's 31. 30. Blazers. Dude, How didn't you pick him to be Depoy at the beginning of the year? Yeah, I did, bro. Yeah. He's a savage. Yeah, I did. <laughs> You know, but yeah, I, yeah. My sixth man kind of struggled tonight. How? What did Gary Trent go tonight? At one point was he like <laughs> three of fourteen or something. Yeah. Then
1: yeah. I think he probably ended like four of seventeen or something close to that. Damn but yeah, it was a, not, not his best show. But it's, it's okay. A tough one.
2: So yeah, basically that um that would basically pin the defense on Jimmy Butler himself. With the loss of
0: Rocco. Jones
2: and Roko, and also Collins, like if he was healthy, but um, I mean, yeah, you get Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. Do
1: what you think I this? Say? Do you think this it, and as a regular season team, and maybe as a postseason team? Do you think this makes our defense better? Uh, no. I, I don't know if I, I'd do this as the Blazers because Covington, he's an important piece of our team. And Derek Jones, like those are our two starting wings. And when you, no, I know, and our backups, our backups are Rodney Hood and Carmelo Anthony. So it's not like no, no, you're sending away Derek Jones and <laughs> Rocco and replacing them with these defensive, like stalwarts Here's ones. the
2: vision. Here's the vision. So with those losses comes the emergence that has already begun of Nasir Little.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: And so we're bringing him into some bigger minutes,
1: okay.
2: Um, and we're sliding Jimmy Butler to play kind of more power forward. We'd be kind of a small team, but
1: yeah.
2: Um, and then obviously Nurkic at center. And so that's basically my vision there.
1: Wow, because
2: I think I think this year's capable.
1: But, yeah, me too.
2: And yeah. I think the three-headed dragon of Joey's um, intriguing. To tell. Dame, Dame CJ and Jimmy. I think that's tough because those yeah. are just three pure playmakers Mm -hmm. um like sort. that's sort of like the same idea of the whole situation in Brooklyn a little less like Jimmy's a little more um well balanced than those players maybe but um just that three-headed dragon at the kind of guard position I think that would be crazy I think in the playoffs maybe that makes us better um I don't know about necessarily more regular
1: season wins but I feel like um a Jimmy Butler, Damian, Damian Pick and Roll. That could. I feel like that would be cool. And then yeah. if if you switch it, like Jimmy Butler is probably one of the best at attacking mismatches. And so I feel like we could get Jimmy. So, yeah, I I think that makes our offense unstoppable. Which yeah, I mean, I agree. we're already a top ten off or top five offense. So that, I mean, yeah, push us over the top. Did um, you get
0: anybody with the Heat? I mean, that, from the Heat for that, or would it just have to be Jimmy Butler on his own? Because you like giving My- up a lot. What about the triumphant return of Myers Leonard? <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: considered. No, I'm just kidding.
2: But, yeah, no, um, it would definitely depend on some guys stepping up defensively. Like I said, year, Little, um, we'd rely on Gary Trent Jr.'s defense a lot. Um, yeah, some young guys would have to step it up. But, yeah, that was one I thought of.
1: Yeah, I I, th- I like that for the Blazers because I mean it is all about the playoffs, and that for sure makes us a better playoff team. I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm, I got okay. I'm gonna throw some more in here. I I want to, I want to f- figure out some more trades on this trade. All right, let's
1: let's look at. I want to see Wesley. What? Yeah. Let's let's look at your blazer one.
3: Okay, my blazer one. So basically, my whole thought process here was. um I just think we need more players who can play make. And um I just think like a getting a guy like Aaron Gordon would be very useful. So the trade would be uh Whoa,
0: Blazers, this was fat.
3: Blazers give up Derek Jones, Zach Collins, CJ Ellaby, and uh and a first round pick for Aaron Gordon.
2: Damn. I'm with it, bro. I'm all the way with it. Yeah.
3: I think you get a guy like Aaron Gordon, that could basically be like a like a Draymond type guy with like maybe less playmaking, but just more like more of an offensive arsenal. And he can just, he's basically like a more dynamic Derek Jones Jr. who can yeah. like a little better. So I think that would just be a very, a great addition. Yeah. Like Roko and Nurkic.
2: I think we would miss a little bit at the hands of Derek and just like his athletic ability in the paint. And I mean, Aaron Gordon's super athletic too, but. Derek is just so good at getting deflections and blocking shots from behind and stuff like that. Pause. But um, we keep Roco in that situation, right? Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah. So yeah, I'm with that, bro. I've been. We've talked about Aaron Gordon before, and I've been a fan of that idea for a while. I think he would give us another great offensive threat that we could use yeah. a lot.
3: Also, I think we also give a good amount. We're actually giving like a lot. So
0: right. I yeah. I, that, that. yeah. That's- That's a lot.
1: Then I think the cool part about this one too is that Derek Jones and Robert Covington, like they're both wonderful defenders, but none of them are like that elite one-on-one stopper that you put on a guy like Kawhi or LeBron. But Aaron Gordon, he definitely could be that more. I feel like he's a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger than those guys. And he definitely holds his own against most of the wings. And so I think that like, even though he may not be like a better defensive player than Derek Jones Jr., just like in a vacuum he's definitely like a, his skill is something that we really need on the Blazers. So if he would be Aaron Gordon would be a perfect fit for the Blazers. Um, especially yeah. like he's been a little bit overcast in Orlando on offense too. And that's the reason he's never really been a shooter. I feel like he's just had to do way too much off the dribble, way too much creating his own shot. But if he's just like, if you take Aaron Gordon and just give him the shots that Derek Jones has been taking in our offense, like Aaron Gordon, I feel like he, would be much, much more efficient than he is in Orlando. And I mean, his numbers in Orlando are, I think, already better than what Derek Jones is doing in Portland. And so I just feel like offensively, offensively, this is a no-brainer. And defensively, like Aaron Gordon gives the Blazers a dimension that we don't already have. And then for the Magic, like, yeah, it makes sense because you're getting three young players and a first-round pick. So I think they do this. As well. I'd be sad to see Zach Collins fall to the uh power forward of the Orlando magic curse. Um, this <laughs> would not this would not be a good one for Zach Collins, but um, yeah, I think it makes sense.
3: He's joining Amino.
1: Yeah, yeah, he could, Max, with, he could be with Amino. Um yeah, I mean I think this makes sense for both teams.
2: Yeah, I like that. I want Gordon.
1: I actually do.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to work on a blockbuster right now. <laughs>
2: okay. I have one more from the two teams I just had before. So this one fails, but I was kind of doing it more <laughs> off like, more <laughs> off like, no, like off like perceived value. You feel me? Um, so the Blazers give up Yusuf Nurkic, Anthony Simons and Harry Giles, the third, and in return, receive Bam out of bio.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, that's Bam out of bio is like just he's like a an absolute like best version of Nurkic. Just more athletic, better at everything. So
1: yeah, and yeah, just to jump off the point of Chan saying that doesn't work, recall Bam out of bio. He signed a contract extension last um, off season, and so. Um, he's got that whole poison pill provision going on right now where he's on his rookie scale but he's going to jump up to a max contract next season which makes his contract very difficult to trade because as outgoing salary from the Heat's perspective his money counts as just the rookie scale he's on right now but for the Blazers perspective bringing him in uh, his salary would um, be calculated as the average of his salary this year as well as his um, salary next season. And so that just makes it very hard to trade players who signed a rookie extension to teams, unless they have a trade provision, which the Blazers don't. And so, yeah, there's that, that one, like, there's, there's no way of like making it work under the cap, but I mean, like Bam Adebayo, he would be a wonderful addition to the Blazers. We would No, Yeah. I was just
2: thinking if I could pick, if I could pick a center to join the team, it would be him. And I mean, I, Yusuf Perkic isn't a bad center to have on your team, and I think a young, explosive, talented guard like Anthony Simons could do well in Miami.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't. I definitely don't see them letting go of being out of bile, but, um, yeah,
1: that was my other one. Wesley, if you could pick any center and just drop them on the Blazers, who would you choose?
3: That's a good question. Um, yeah, probably uh, Bam or like Sabonis or, or like Miles Turner, like any of those three would be great. They yeah, will...
1: I'm a big Miles Turner fan. Yeah,
3: yeah. We need the defense and...
2: Yeah, that's the commonality between all three of those. It's just like big inside presence. Well, yeah. not, not Sabonis, I would Yeah, say. I just realized that when I was saying that. <laughs> but the other two.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Sabonis, like he's the Portland connection. And so I feel like... If you can get a bonus into Portland, you've got to take that.
0: Facts. I I made one that works. It makes zero sense though. Drop That's it. Out. All right. You send Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam to the 76ers for Danny Green, Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey. It was a success. I just threw it <laughs> out there. Yeah. yeah
1: think <laughs> the hit. Raptors
0: went down, a decrease of projected wins by fifteen.
1: Wait, so the Raptors, the Raptors are giving up Lowry and Siakam, and the Sixers are giving up Green, Simmons, and Maxi. Mm-hmm. So it'd be Lowry,
2: Siakam.
0: Because I just saw a post that the Raptors are in, or the 76ers would be interested in Lowry, right? Oh, really? Yeah, I saw that on Instagram or something.
2: Oh word! So Bulari, Siakam, Embiid, and, and do Dude, they could keep... you imagine so-
0: having Siakam in, in Embiid? That'd be wild. Did they keep?
2: Did they keep Tobias Harris in that situation?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I cannot uh-huh. believe that was a success. It was just like
2: I kind of want to see um, Joel Embiid play with a different point guard. Honestly, I'd just be interested. I kind of like the fit of Simmons with him, but I'd be interested to see.
0: Yeah. Pascal and Kyle Lowry have hefty contracts. Actually, I'm not not
2: a big Pascal fan myself, but...
0: Yeah, I think he's pretty good. Is Tyrese Maxey a rookie, Jonah? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Close. Fun, fun. Do
3: you guys think Uh, of getting uh, Buddy Heald on the Sixers? I think that'd be a great...
0: That was the other... When I was looking at shooting
2: guards, I was looking at him, too. Um... Yeah, no, but I think it's it's kind of similar to a Seth Curry a little bit, but um, I think he would help them. I I would rather have Buddy Hield than Seth Curry. But wait, oh really? Really? <laughs> I think so. Wow. dude, I think I would for <laughs> Jonah,
0: real. That got him out of his seat right there.
2: Yeah, I, think I would I... for real. I feel like I feel like we've kind of seen what Seth can do, and I feel like Buddy Hield. <laughs> healed could um like if you put him in a situation like that i feel like he's going to be a lot better than he is right now
1: that's am i that might be true am i sleeping on buddy Healed? Um, uh, maybe he let's, can get hot dude let's look at his stats um 51 effective field goal percentage only 37 percent from three i think like that's that's a little bit concerning only 40 percent from two um i mean yeah, it is true. Like he, he would certainly be in a better position in Philadelphia, probably putting up better shots. But I mean, Seth Curry. I think Seth Curry. I think he's a better defensive player, a better offensive player, and a much better contract than Heald. I mean, I certainly agree with you that there is that kind of intrigue of untapped potential with Buddy Heald, where we've never really seen him in a winning setting, and so like he yeah. could break out. So that would be. I'm a Seth Curry. I I kind of am on the opposite spectrum with those two guys that I really like Seth Curry and I'm not so hot on. Yeah. Games. But I saw that. yeah, I, I, I guess it's not as obvious as I made it sound. I probably had too big of a reaction to that. Cause I mean, yeah, was, no. you're kind of just splitting hair with those two. I, I, I think so. I think Curry, that, yeah. I
2: think the Sixers can afford to have a defensive liability at the shooting guard position, honestly, with the other guys that they have in their starting five. Um,
0: <laughs> jonah would be no down. but yeah
2: i think that i think that um healed the type of guy he could be for them down the stretch would be like a, a get hot type of guy you know what i mean like running off screens and stuff like that mm-hmm. seth curry as high of a percentage as he is i just i worry about him like in like a high pressure situation i don't know like we haven't really necessarily seen that from buddy healed but he's had big games and for some reason, something about him, the way he carries himself, I feel like he has that ability to kind of turn that on that clutch gene, yeah. But
1: yeah, yeah.
2: no, I definitely see it either way for sure. Yeah,
1: Do you to Um, to get Buddy Heal to Philadelphia, um, uh, you'd probably or you'd probably have to give up Danny Green, I would guess. Let me look at his contract. Um, Danny
2: I didn't Green know how has- big.
0: Wait, is is a Victor Oladipo really looking to get dealt? Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: To Miami, I think. Yeah, he
2: wants
1: to play Miami.
0: Really? That would be fire. What about Kemba?
1: I think they might have a hard time trading. I'm just looking at the trending players being traded list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kemba, you're kind of selling low on him right now. I I think Kemba might turn it around. I think it's a little bit concerning just – his knees really seem to be kind of a recurring Mm -hmm. issue. So you kind of worry he might keep getting hurt, but I, yeah, this would definitely be selling low to the fullest extent, which.
2: Oh, geez, bro. Buddy Heald's contract is
0: huge. Yeah. He didn't get paid like recently. Mm -hmm. And it goes on
1: for three more years after this one too. which That's tough. Yeah. I I think that might be a hard one for Sacramento to move. Mm -hmm. I know. I agree yield's kind of having a down season as well um yeah
0: um is like Andre Drummond do they already kind of I mean isn't it it's illegal to talk is wait no it's not like can do they already have they already been talking to people about who they want to give him to yeah they're there
1: I don't I don't see Andre Drummond getting traded this season
0: but why isn't he playing then
1: because they want to try to trade him, but I just don't think that it's would be a
0: big just fail. What, <laughs> what would be if he if he didn't play and then they couldn't get anything for him? I mean, he's it's
1: not that he's he's pretty washed up. He's not. Really, it's <laughs> I mean, he's helping the team more by sitting on the bench. It's better just to give those minutes to Jared Allen. I mean, Jared Allen. He's no, already. No, that's facts. Facts.
0: that's facts. That's true. That's true. I agree. But drum,
3: like, I'll take the same thing. maybe maybe that could be good what'd you say drumming on the celtics
1: hmm oh um instead of tt that's just his his contract is just it's so hard to work with i feel like um because the celtics they do have that trade exception but he's just making slightly too much money to fit into it
0: what would celtics have to give up joe
1: well i mean it would have to be kimba and then yeah um That doesn't
0: sound that bad, does it? Especially if Kemba's knees aren't good? Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't think either team would want to do that, though, because, I mean, the Celtics, like Kemba actually helped him. Like, he was phenomenal in the playoffs last year, at least in the first round against the Sixers. And Drummond, he's pretty washed up. And for Cleveland, with Drummond, at least he's an expiring contract. And so you get off him at the end of this year, and you've got cap space, and you can do what you want with it. But with Kemba, you have to pay the guy for a few more years. So I mean like if I will say like if Drummond gets bought out then like yeah for sure I think that that I think this cause the Celtics they could use in they could use an upgrade at Center. I think it's fair to say that like um yeah, so I mean it does I mean I am all in favor of them like seeing if they can get another center. I just like Drummond, um it's I think the NBA is gonna find it tough to find a loving home for Andre Drummond.
2: I saw something. I said Drummond can give you the most meaningless twenty and twenty ever, and <laughs> yeah.
1: so true. A
3: lot like Hassan Whiteside, honestly,
1: for the Celtics. No, and no, in terms of a meaningless twenty and twenty, I think.
3: Oh, uh, I
2: was about to say, yeah, dude, him, too. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely up there. There was someone else too that they actually put on there. Might have been Russell Westbrook. I don't know. Just like stats that guys would have got if they didn't play. So it's like,
1: whatever. Yeah, Russell Westbrook, another in that Andre Drummond camp. Well, I guess Andre's expiring, so not as much. But Russell Westbrook, pretty clearly the worst contract in the NBA, I would say. Yeah. From perspective.
0: Yeah, Wesley. Yeah. How? How did you talk about the Warrior Magic trade yet?
3: Oh no, not yet. How? So, so
0: how did the Warriors get Terrence freaking Ross?
3: So basically, it was uh, let me let me take a look at it. Um,
0: Cause that would be sick.
3: Yeah. Shoot so I shoot, think, or
0: shoot, baby.
3: <laughs> yeah, we got a uh, Oubre uh, and two second round picks going to the Magic, and then the Magic uh, give up Terrence Ross and James Ennis and a second round pick. So basically, it's the Warriors just getting deeper with uh, Terrence Ross, like a guy who I think is a better playmaker than. Um, and is also a better shooter he's just yeah. i think a great fit next to Steph. and then james ennis is just a solid defender
2: so. i think terrence ross is really good actually i'm a terrence ross fan myself
3: yeah
2: i like his game a lot
0: he's not as scared at all
2: what do you this think
0: yeah big joe what do you think Oh, I think oh yeah. Yeah, I like this one
1: for the Warriors. Um, I think we've just hit on it. Kelly Ubre, like the Warriors already have like so many good defenders on the wing between like Wiggins is a good on ball guy and then Bazemore and um Bazemore and Wanamaker, they can like jump passing lanes and kind of do what Ubre does that and they're so poor when it comes to shooting that I mean, yeah, and Ross he can really heat it up. Like when he gets going, like Kellen saw it a couple nights ago, like he's coming off screens, he's got a quick release. He um uh, something he's added to his game this year is like coming off the screen catching the ball taking a few dribbles pulling up from like the elbow or the free throw line just adding that like attack the close out and hit a mid-ranger like he's added that to his game which is just another little wrinkle and so yeah I think this is just another one where like and then James that's a big one too because I mean every team that wants to go to the playoffs like anybody could use a little bit of depth on the wing like whether Ennis is better than the guys Golden State already has, like maybe, but I mean, everybody could use Ennis. I feel like, like he just is one of those guys who doesn't take anything off the table, but yeah, I do this one for the Warriors for sure. And then for the Magic, I mean, yeah, probably because you're getting two second round picks and Ubre, and uh, maybe they can move Ubre as well. Yeah. Like I think something I kind of ran into with Ubre, um, is like you could even do like a three-team trade because I don't know if necessarily the Magic could want would want Ubre, but if you added a third team that maybe could use what Ubre brings to the table, like just off the top of my head, like maybe the Bulls or the Celtics or just somebody who would like something at the wing, like you could throw them into the trade, give them Ubre, and then they could, um, give the Magic some assets, and it would work out that way. But yeah, I like this one a lot. And then I really like what Wesley did here as well. And this is something that I thought about with my Sataransky trade. And then I forgot to mention it. But trading the Warriors, trading for a guy on a multi-year contract. Because basically what's going to happen is that the Warriors are well over the tax, well over the cap. And so if they lose Kelly Oubre, if Kelly Oubre walks in free agency, which is certainly a possibility, they have no way of replacing him. Because it's not like if they... Um, renounce their rights to Uber. It's not like they're opening up a chunk of cap space. Like, no, they're just replacing it with nothing and Uber is gone. So by preserving that cap slot and by preserving that money, by bringing in a guy whose contract stretches out for two years, they kind of um, lose that risk of just losing a player for absolutely nothing, which I think is something they should be conscious of because they're planning on being a competitive team for a few more years. And so I definitely enjoy that aspect of bringing in Ross, who still has a few more years on his deal. Sadoransky, I should have said this earlier. He has a um, non-guarantee for next year with $5 million of that being guaranteed. So uh the Warriors would be picking that up. And so, yeah, I think this one works out well for both sides.
0: Fire.
3: Helen, is uh Toscano Anderson, is he doing well?
0: Oh, hell yeah. He's been big, big shooting and driving, dude. And he plays great defense. Like, he kind of just, like... Gets the whole vibe of the other team, and he just tries to emulate him, which is pretty sick.
3: Yeah, a lot of guys just stepping up for the Warriors, like Mm -hmm. um, like Mulder too,
0: right? No, Michael's actually – because even though his percentage says otherwise, he wasn't – like me and Jonah can agree that it didn't seem like he was lighting it up from beyond the arc, but he's hit a few clutch threes for us down the stretch these last few games, which has been massive. But, yeah, just adding another shooter like Terrence Ross would be huge, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. I just love hearing Jonas say that Andrew Wiggins is playing good defense because I told him at the beginning of everything that awesome. Andrew was playing great defense for us when he first came to the Warriors, and now he's having one of his best defensive seasons yet.
1: Oh, not one of I. Th- I'm, I think this is his best defensive season, period. Yeah,
0: which has been huge for us. Nice. Yes, sir. Okay. How many more do you guys have, Joe?
1: I have two. I'm lucky – I'm chefing up one more. John drop one of yours in the <laughs> chat right now. Okay. So uh, a team we've talked about quite a bit so far is the Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> and so that's where I'm going to go with this one. This is a three-team trade, so I'll just read out each of the teams one at a time what they're getting. The Clippers are getting George Hill. The 76ers are getting Lou Williams. And the Oklahoma mm. City Thunder are getting Mike Scott – Fiondo Cabangale and or Cabangale, sorry. And <laughs> two second round picks, one from New York mm. and a 2022 one from the Clippers.
2: OKC okay, is sold already. As soon as he <laughs> said pig.
1: Yeah, they get the draft pick. And that's kind of a funny thing because I was kind of reading up and seeing what all the Oklahoma City blogs and websites and podcasts and whatever I could find about OKC, what they all had to say. A lot of the Oklahoma City fans, like they don't want more picks. They think that these draft picks are going to have diminishing returns for them at some point. And that I that's just not the case because I think what we can see is that once you once you turn those picks into players and once you draft the young guys, then like sure, yeah, then then you might start to run into some issues because you just have more guys than you have roster spots and some guys have to get sent to the G League and some guys just never crack their rotation. Like that that would be an issue. Draft picks, they don't have diminishing returns at all, in my opinion, because you can always just consolidate them and trade up for higher picks. Like if if you have like the 22nd and the 26th pick, you can trade up and get like the 19th pick. So I, I don't think that those draft picks would have diminishing returns in the slightest just because you can always trade them for better picks. And so I don't understand that logic at all. And so just jump using that as a jumping off point for the thunder. I mean, Mike Scott, he's obviously not a needle mover at all. He's a little bit later on in his career. Hasn't really been a part of the, what the 76ers are doing. Um, Fiondu Cabangeli, Um he's, I, uh, the set, the Clippers drafted him as I think he was a, he was, was he a late first round pick? Yeah, he was, a, I'm pretty sure he was a late first round pick in 2019 And they've already declined his team option for next year. So obviously he's not a part of their long-term plans. Maybe the Thunder give him some run. I could have included Patrick Patterson, but I mean, Patrick Patterson, maybe he'll play for the Clippers at some point. Kevin Gelly certainly won't. And maybe the Thunder like the idea of having just one more young player they can experiment with for the rest of the season. So I just threw in Kevin Gelly for that reason. And then the real crown jewel is this year's New York second rounder, which has a chance to be like in the 30s. And then the Clippers obviously throw in their 2022 second round pick. And so the Thunder, I think they do this just because of that draft equity and that New York pick. Like, that's a good pick. The Clippers, they're getting George Hill. We've talked about this on the show quite a bit. I'm not a fan of what the Clippers are doing on their bench units whatsoever. Like those Canard, Lou Williams, uh, Reggie Jackson lineups. When they, I should have gotten those stats, but that those are just a bloodbath when those guys are all out there together. Like they're (laughs) they're getting torn to pieces, and so um, they desperately are in need of some defense on those bench units. And George Hill can provide that. Also, a great shooter who doesn't need yeah. And where I really wanted to go with this for the Clippers is that they traded for Luke Kennard this offseason. They gave up Landry Shamit, who Landry Shamit, he's a good player. And so they obviously wanted to bring Kennard in. They gave him a big extension. I think it was, was it four years, like 50 million with like 12 million in incentives. It was something along those lines. And so they gave him a sizable extension. And so at some point they're going to have to hand the keys to this kid and just kind of turn the bench offense over to him and – by letting go of Lou Williams, like that's exactly what they're doing. And obviously they believe in him. They dedicated a lot of resources into both bringing him to the team and keeping him on the team. So he's a guy that the organization is invested in. And I think now is an okay time to just see what he can do. And I mean, George Hill, he can do some stuff as well. He's more of an off-ball guy, more of a three and D point guard, but a brilliant shooter. And so I think this makes... lot of sense for the clippers and then the 76ers they bring back lou williams because that was lou williams original team yeah bro a bit of a homecoming yeah bro
2: that'd be (laughs) sick dude
1: yeah there's no need to like um reevaluate all everything we said about the sixers like i think we all could agree that they like they would welcome some half court creation and lou williams he's certainly no zach levine but I think he could help them a bit. What this comes down to for Philadelphia is basically whether or not they think Lou Williams is better than shake Milton. Who's kind of been their backup point guard right now. And Lou Williams, he's been having a bit of a down season, especially from a shooting standpoint, not as efficient as he once was um, shake Milton kind of rivals, his numbers in those respects, shake Milton um, has not maintained the hot shooting that caused him to break out last season, but um yeah. Lou Williams, he's still a much better passer and just a much more experienced player. I think having that veteran guy to lead the bench offense, I think that would be welcome for Philadelphia. And then if you want to, you can probably get away with closing with him instead of Seth Curry, because with Ben Simmons, like Channon said, they're just so strong defensively, they can afford to have um, maybe one weaker guard in the closing lineup. And if their offense really does bog down, I think Lou Williams would be a great place for them to turn. And then in terms of just him being on the bench, which is where I think he'd spend most of his time. Like we kind of saw the chemistry he developed with Montrez here last year. He really likes having that pick and roll big. He can throw lobs too and work in that way. I think him and Dwight Howard could be a great pairing. So I just think Lou will, he makes a lot of sense on the Sixers team. If, Um, Daryl Morey, if he was a big believer in Shake Milton and just thought Shake Milton was his backup point guard and that's set in stone, then no, I don't think Philadelphia does that. But if I was Daryl Morey, I don't think I'd be putting all my hopes into Shake Milton and Doc Rivers, the coach of the 76ers, like him and Lou Williams, they've been together for quite some time. So maybe you think Doc Rivers might like having Williams on this team. So I just think this trade kind of makes sense for Philly to bring in Williams.
2: Sir. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense for Philly and for the Clippers also.
1: I'd love to see that.
2: That's a dope one.
1: Yeah,
3: I think Lou Williams uh is just a great like battle-tested like veteran player. Um exactly. Yeah, for the playoffs, I think he'd be very, very valuable.
1: And then definitely. And then like sort of one last problem, and this is kind of true for every trade, but I think there's a world where Oklahoma City could maybe get a first-round pick for George Hill, especially since he has another year on his contract after this one. Like, maybe there's a team out there who wants George Hill enough to give up a first, and so in that case, I don't think two second-round picks would be enough to get him. But I think if this was the only offer on the table or one of the only offers on the table, I definitely think this is enough for the Thunder to move on from Hill.
2: I agree.
0: Uh. Um, I like it a lot because you're bringing guys back that have chemistry with people on the other teams, which is cool. Because I'll never forget, dude, I love playing as the Pacers when Paul and George Hill were there. They were really good on 2K. Oh, yeah, with
3: like Roy Hibbert and Danny Yeah. K.
0: They're they're really good. <laughs> they're freaking sweet. I always remember I would do fantasy draft and get Paul George and Kyrie. I was just obsessed with them because they were just like kind of new rising guys at the time. And yeah, pretty dope. And then, wait, did you finish uh, making yours, Channing?
2: It, it failed. I was trying to figure out oh. <laughs> a way to... I when was does to when figure figure out...
0: that other stop to you, Channing? Yeah, you, the other one you say it was... Honestly, failed.
1: bro.
2: Yeah, I was You're right, but I was trying to figure out a way to move to Marta Derozan, but he's just, he just has a big year salary,
1: whatever. Yeah, what's is he making? Like twenty nine million. Twenty seven.
2: I was trying to move him. I was thinking about um moving him to Denver, which that mm-hmm. wouldn't really make sense because that's not a type of trade that happens like you talked about with kind of two competing teams. But um, Denver for I think I was looking at like Gary Harris and um.
1: What's his butt? Will Barton.
2: Yes, Will Barton. Dang, how do you know that? But yeah, I was Who's looking him for those two. Why, why doesn't that
1: work? Oh, because does Gary, does Gary Harris, he makes like 19 and Will Barden makes 13 million?
2: Yeah, there's some. But wait. What,
1: I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. Why wouldn't that work?
2: I don't know. I'm confused too. Maybe I just, I don't know. But yeah, I was looking at that. I think that would be dope. I, I was just thinking about DeMar DeRozan with Denver.
3: Oh, man, that would be great for Denver.
2: Yeah.
0: Deadeye mid-range sniper.
2: Yeah. and um, Yeah, I think he would complement their players well. And then one I was just looking at, we can talk more about that, but I just want to say this, was swapping Rashawn Holmes. Is that how you say his name? Is that his name? Yeah. Rashawn Holmes for <laughs> Zubats
1: from the Clippers. Oh, I, I don't think the Kings would do that. I think Rashawn me Holmes, either. Me either. I think Holmes is a lot better than Zubats. I know. I was thinking about, let
2: me see. Zubats we throw something else in there for the Clippers? I don't know. But I think um,
1: it would be dope to upgrade that for the Clippers. And I guess so well, Zubats, he's got another year on his contract, doesn't he? He's got, he's got another year after this one, right? I think two more. Yeah, two more wow. years. Wow, yeah. So And Rashawn Holmes, he's going to be a free agent. So maybe if the Kings thought that Holmes was going to leave in free agency, then they could be getting their replacement now in Zubats. I mean, I could see... Oh, world where that I actually like there there's a way that that can make sense I feel like if they knew Holmes was going to leave if there's yeah. a chance Holmes stays I think you just gotta gotta keep him because he's Back. been wonderful for them this year but I I mean if they are if it's a if they've already ridden off for Sean Holmes and they could get Zubots as a replacement right now I mean Zubot's contract like is very fair um what did, what does he make like eight million a year seven seven million a year. So, yeah, I mean, if, yeah, I, I mean, I think that makes sense if, but obviously, like I said, they have, they would have to know that Holmes isn't coming back.
2: Right. But yeah, I think that would be a dope backup center for the Clippers.
1: Yeah. That, that would be awesome. He's yeah. I mean, they, they would have a pretty good center rotation between him and Ibaka at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough.
3: You guys want to hear my my last one? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's the three-teamer with the Grizzlies, right? I was just looking at that one.
3: It's my favorite, my personal favorite. So it's so basically, the, the Celtics get uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, the Grizzlies get John Collins, Grant Williams, Tony Snell. And the, the Hawks get Daniel Tice, Grayson Allen, and Brandon Clark. So basically, I was thinking, uh, so the Hawks don't want to pay uh, John Collins the max. and Yeah. Then, then also with the Grizzlies, they have Valanchunas uh with with that team with like John Morant and Jaron Jackson, those guys. But Jonas is doesn't really like fit with the timeline of the team. So I was thinking like you bring in the Grizzlies bring in John Collins, uh, and then you slide Jaron Jackson to the five. And I think that's pretty that's a pretty scary
0: dude. Yeah, that looks good. I think Collins, that would be dope.
3: John Morant and then um and then for the front court you got uh John Collins and um, Karen Jackson. And then the Hawks, they give up John Collins and they get like three great rotation pieces for the playoffs uh, like Daniel Tice, Grayson Allen, Brandon Clark. And then for the Celtics, they've been really missing like a, like a good, solid big man. And then Jonas Valanciunas, he's, he's a machine and he'll be I think he'll be very good for them.
0: I love it. Even yeah, Grant Williams is even pretty good.
3: Yeah, he's good. Yeah, great defender
0: yeah yeah dude that one that one's sick did you just randomly think of that or was that based around the celtics needing a center
3: um i i found it on one of the you know how they have all the ideas
0: mm-hmm.
3: posted yeah i just saw that one <laughs> that's yeah, sick i saw it and i was like man this is my favorite one
1: <laughs> i i like it for the hawks because <laughs> yeah yeah because, I mean, I'm I'm a big Brandon Clark fan. I mean, I really liked him last year, and I think he might have fallen off a little bit this year. But I haven't won my fantasy team, and so I've just been very much following him. And he's, he's been having a very good season. And he's he can make an impact on defense, too, because he's just so athletic. He's got those long arms, um, can make plays around the basket. And then Grayson Allen, he's a great fit, too. I mean, I – I, I think Herter has a higher ceiling, but I mean, right now, Alan, he might be an upgrade on Herder because Allen he plays good defense and he can hit shots. I mean, him and Trey Young might have to smooth out some of their disagreements they've had in the past, but I think they can work through that. And so, yeah. And then Dan, Daniel Tice, he's a perfectly fine backup center. I mean, I think they'll want to keep developing a Congo. So I don't know how much ties will figure into their long-term plans, just because I think the center spots between a and Capella are kind of spoken for there. But I mean, yeah, the talks, their situation is just so fascinating to me because John Collins, he's like the perfect fit with Trey young. Like I don't think you could ask for a better like on court fit, but just like something doesn't seem right between them. And so it's just, it's just kind of weird. Um,
3: I don't think he's a max player, and I think he wants the wants the max.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That what I, I think he turned down like a four-year, ninety-three million dollar extension in the off season, which I think that is fair. I think that's what his value is at. But I mean, and he's a forward and can average twenty points and ten rebounds and good efficiency. So he's he's a good offensive player. But yeah, um, yeah. If if they were just one hundred percent, like have already decided that they want to that they're not going to bring Collins back in the off season. I mean, bringing in Grayson and Allen, Brandon Clark is way better than losing him for nothing. And so I think that's good. It's just going to be so interesting to see how this plays out. Cause another thing they can do is wait till the summer. And because John Collins is a restricted free agent, they can kind of negotiate a sign and trade in the summer. So it'll just be interesting to see how that plays out. But if they were to trade him at the deadline, like this is perfectly fair. For the Grizzlies, like, yeah, bringing in John Collins, another guy to fit with their young core, I, th- I like that. Grant Williams, like you guys were saying, I love Grant Williams. He's so underrated, but, like, he he's a tremendous defender at his position. And for my money, he can basically switch across all five positions. Like, yeah. he may not be able to guard the fastest of point guards, cool. but he's a pretty versatile defensive player. So, yeah, I, I love the addition of Grant Williams. I mean, I love Grant Williams and Brandon Clark, both of them equally, but I think bringing Grant Williams, that's enough to offset the sadness of letting go of um, Brandon Clark. And then you also bring in Tony Snell. I'm a Tony Snell fan, but he's an expiring. So who knows what the story will be there. And then Jonas Valanciunas to the Celtics. Like he could help them a lot. I feel like he's a great screen setter. He can protect the rim. Um, They need that in beat stopper. And so maybe you can just get Jonas Valanciunas to pull him off the rim or something on a dunk and,
0: um so Bro, is Jonas Fallon Junis the one guy that tried to hurt Dame low-key in the playoffs in the bubble? Remember that? I remember Dame dunking on him. <laughs> I remember I remember him trying to roll over or doing something, and I hate him ever since. Is he the guy that looks like Travis Kelsey? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't like that guy. He tried to low key hurt Dame on like I don't like him either. I I don't like uh, I don't I don't like Jonas, but he's a good player. But I remember he tried to low key hurt Dame in the bubble. And ever since then, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I think this would make sense for, I think this.
3: Who says no in this? Who do you guys think
0: says no?
1: Oh, I I think the
0: Grizzlies win it.
1: It's, it's so interesting because like, I, it's hard to like split between what I think would happen in real life and like what I would do as a general manager, because if I were the Hawks, if I could put myself in um, Travis Slank's shoes, I think I'd be just trying to make it work between John Collins and Trey Young because I think those two have a chance to be pretty good together, but I don't know what's going on there. And so, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think this is a really good idea because like, yeah, I mean, and if I'm the Celtics Jim, if I'm Danny Ainge, like, I don't think I'm giving up Grant Williams for Jonah and Jonas Valentinus, because I'm a big Grant Williams believer, but I mean, they need a center. I mean, their team's been so disappointing. So it seems like there might be sort of that desperation where they want to bring in a guy to try to win now, and Jonas Valanciunas could certainly help them do that. And so, I I think this is a very intriguing idea for sure.
3: I really just yeah of uh, John Collins next to Triple J.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that would be and that would be sick on offense. Like they would.
3: There's just so much
2: energy with John Morant, dude.
1: Yeah.
0: That would be insane. Did you cook anything I, else uh, up, J- Shannon?
2: No, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm out of.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm. T- I can't do it. Like I, I don't know where to go with this.
2: Jonah, did you have one
1: more? Yeah, I've got one more. It's kind of my blockbuster. My fourteen. Oh, oh, this and is so a big boy. I saved it for last. Um. So the nuggets. I um. We've talked about it. A million times on the podcast, they have the worst rim protection defense in the league. That gap between them and number 29 has continued to grow. And frankly, right now, it's not even close. So they bring in PJ Tucker, who he is, in terms of power forwards, who can protect the rim. You're looking at Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, maybe Robert Covington, and then PJ Tucker. Like those, mm. those are probably the best rim protecting power forwards in the NBA. And he's on the market yeah yeah and can come <laughs> over and give those help side blocks and so yeah i think that makes sense and then robin lopez they need a backup center it's clear isaiah hardenstein he's not an nba player so um they bring no. in they bring in robin lopez who robin lopez he's still got some gas left in the, i was very impressed with him bro. me too bro in portland um that was crazy so yeah, I think in the minutes when Jokic is off the floor, Robin Lopez would just be huge for the Nuggets instead of um instead of Hardenstein. The Wizards get Myers Leonard, who obviously is the um like the biggest piece in this trade. And they also get Kendrick Nunn. So um so they get a nice young player who's yeah, about Kendrick's to hit risk. Good. Restricted free agency. The Rockets get Ish Smith, Bowl Bol, and the 2021 Nuggets first round pick. So this year's Nuggets first. And so basically, they're getting a first round pick for um, P.J. Tucker as well as Bowl Bol. I'm not a believer in Bowl but but um, some people are. And then the Heat get Paul Millsap. And I think we're really seeing this year that the Heat kind of missed that presence of Jay Crowder, that big three and D wing who they can match up with opposing teams forwards. They tried to replace them with Mo Harkless using their biannual exception this off season, they brought in Harkless. Harkless has already fallen out of their rotation. He just never really worked there in Miami. So Paul Millsap, that would be huge for them. Millsap again, like Crowder, a very big um, like strong defender and he can rip it from three point range. Like he's a 40% three point shooter. He's been that for the last two seasons. And so I think he would just be the perfect fit for Miami. I don't think he's the perfect fit for Denver, just because, like I was saying, like they need rim protection so badly. Like they, what they do with Jokic is just bring him up so high to hedge because really the only thing he can do on defense is kind of be in position and like go for steals and try to stop things at the source. And that just puts so much pressure on the wings and the forwards to kind of crash down and protect the rim because Jokic is um, kind of missing an action in terms of like being in the paint. <laughs> and so... Um, so, yeah, they don't really have a use for Paul Millsap. In Paul Millsap's prime years, like in the Atlanta years, like, yeah, so that would be the perfect role for him, but he's just kind of lost his step, not quite as athletic as he used to be. So I just think P.J. Tucker fills that role a lot better. And so that was kind of the logic behind the trade. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I like it. For Denver? Yeah, I mess with it. I think the Wizards are getting a good player in Kendrick Nunn. For
3: I really like I like it for Denver because um, P.J. Tucker, he'll fill in that, like, Torrey Craig role. They've mm-hmm. been uh, I think. So,
1: I think that's Yeah, just that, like, Torrey Craig, Jeremy Grant role, just the defensive forward. And they got Jermichael Green and he's been fine, but I just think P.J. Tucker is a much better player. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if anyone were to say no to this, it might be It might be the Nuggets just because, I mean, Millsap, he's still a good player. So to give up him and a first-round pick, like is PJ Tucker such an upgrade over Millsap that it's worth giving up a first-round pick? Like, Yeah, I
2: think that's tough. It seems like the Nuggets like Millsap still. It seems like they're (laughs) kind of like holding on to that.
1: Yeah, because they re-signed him this offseason. You're right. So I think if one team were to say no, it might be the Nuggets. But I just think PJ Tucker, like he's such a good rim protector and they need that skill yeah. so badly on their team that I just think – I just think that it's almost like – I just feel like you can't let the P.J. Tucker opportunity pass you by if you're Denver, but – Yeah. and It's it's weird in Denver, bro. I don't even yeah. feel like – I don't even really
2: think about them anymore. I think I had them projected at, like, the fourth seed or something like that. Like, I don't see them getting their I, – I don't. I'm taking Phoenix or Blazers at the fourth seed over Denver, honestly.
1: Yeah, I – I they're they're certainly having their I think they'll be heard from before the end of this season, but they're yeah. you know, they need to figure some things out for sure. Yeah.
0: That's kind of been the story of their season though, huh? Didn't they have a slow start? Oh, they're having the slow start. Yeah.
1: But yeah. <laughs> it's Njokic, he's been incredible, at least offensively. Yeah. That's still having a slow start. Murray, he's kind of rounding into form. He's had a couple of good games this week, and so.
0: Oh yeah, he yeah. dropped a fifty piece, huh?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Wasn't it the most efficient one, in, like in history or something?
1: Yeah, since like Wilt Chamberlain.
0: Yeah, damn, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, that's fire. Well, Jonah, it's past your bedtime, big boy. I know. <laughs> mr wakes up at six in the morning (laughs) jesus when's the last time you've woken up at six in the morning Shannon? do you wake up early me yeah six in the morning
2: (laughs) uh when i went when i went to seattle actually
0: oh okay like 4 45 oh did you you have to catch an early train yeah
2: but besides that not on memory
0: are you an early riser wesley
3: no, I usually like wake up
0: around like eight thirty. Okay, yeah, that's me too. I'm
3: like I'm like eight thirty
0: nine. I'm yeah, waking yeah. up. I have a class at ten. I'm rolling out of bed at nine fifty. Oh, Turn on the Zoom. God. <laughs> come on, dog. Turn on the Zoom, yes, sir. Okay, no more trades. No, I I gave all online. That. Right, right on. that's all for me.
1: That yeah, was fun more though. Blockbusters, any more blockbusters up your sleeve? Me? Yeah, maybe maybe for next time hey. you can. Maybe maybe you can figure out how to bring Kawhi Leonard to
0: Portland. I, th- I think oh, dude, can...
2: I could make that happen. Hey, I could one hundred percent make that
0: happen. How do the How do the Lakers get a Kristaps Porzingis?
2: I don't think anyone in the world should want a
0: Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening on the radio because AD and his issues, but yeah.
2: Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. I'm a I'm a one of if not the biggest Kristaps haters. I don't like him.
1: The Latvian Anthony Tolliver. Yeah. Oh, God, dude, Anthony Tolliver. I
2: need to cross his face off this poster we got at the game, Jonah. Oh.
0: <laughs> Jonah put oh, the Ken Bazemore um, game program face down, so we're not repping Kent right now. That's sad.
3: Dude, what happened to <laughs> Ken? He's, like, just balling out on oh. the board.
0: Yeah, and I know, he's, right? He's he's killing it.
3: Not
2: a Ken, Ken Bazemore, I know, like –
0: He's getting boards. He's hitting three balls. About. He is. He has a ah. nice stroke for a lefty. It's nice, but yes, right, So it. for
2: Kawhi Leonard, we're giving up Robert Covington, Derek Jones Jr., Zach Collins, uh, maybe let's Damian throw a <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: we're gonna have to give him about like three more guys on top and then of like, that. But.
0: First round draft picks from 2021 to
2: 2045. We win a title with the with the starting five of Dame, CJ. Okay, the starting four of Dame, CJ, Nurkic, and Kawhi Jimmy Leonard. We'll play with four. Yeah.
0: Jimmy Butler, CJ McCollum, Dame, Kawhi Leonard, Yusuf Nurkic. That would be a death row. <laughs> it would. When's KD come back?
2: Apparently it doesn't matter. they not even
0: need him, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty insane. I don't yeah. think anybody knows yet, though yeah that sucks but yeah all right pretty all sweet right, my boys Warriors are gonna smack the Knicks tomorrow let's go okay let's
1: hope man we have to.
0: we have no choice
1: yeah there's yeah. no way because they haven't they haven't lost more than two in a row either and so it just wouldn't make sense
0: mm, no. it would not make sense. yeah all right good night guys good job this was a good one bye wesley Later. thank you for coming on yeah thank you bye-bye See you guys